Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Party's over as of tomorrow. It's back to school. Uh, a lot of kids are already back to school, but I think the big day, and you're talking about the big public systems in Calgary, Edmonton, and, and most locations, uh, September 1st. So that is um, tomorrow. And uh, and you see the pictures all over social media, and the kids are all smiley, and they've got their new backpacks, and they're all ready to go to their first day, and it's great, and it's fantastic. And for a lot of kids, it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to go back, and they're going to see their friends, and they're going to meet their teachers, and uh, you know what it's like. You remember that, right? It was an exciting time. It was also a very, very anxious time for a lot of kids. I think for any kid, there's always a bit of nervousness on the first day of school, and that's good. I mean, that's part of, you know, entering into new situations and new experiences and you should be a little nervous and 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 99% of them are going to get through it just fine and be better for it. Some kids though I imagine there's a lot of anxiety. This is not a positive time of the year for some kids. I don't know what the percentage would be. I don't know how many and I imagine there's a spectrum and a scale in terms of how intense the anxiety can be but without question I would think there is some anxiety for well, pretty much all kids, but in some cases it may be quite bad. So we're going to find out. We're going to chat with Dr. Wendy Hoglin, who is the Associate Professor of Developmental Science at the Department of Psychology at the University of Alberta. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for the invitation to join you. Yeah, you know, for a lot of kids, they they, they can't wait to get back to class. I, I never really understood those kids. <laughs> I wasn't in that group. Um, I wouldn't say I was necessarily anxious about going back, but I imagine for some kids, tomorrow is a day they have been dreading for a very long time. Yes, yeah, certainly for some children, they may be um, dreading that. And part of that can also be due to parents' own fears about children going back to yeah. school. Perhaps, care, you know, caregivers are worried about the friends that their children might need, or if children are starting preschool, caregivers may be worried about those new experiences that their child is going to have. For younger children, they, you know, part of that those worries might be due to some of that separation anxiety they might be feeling from leaving their their caregivers and not knowing what to expect. And of course, older children who've already been in the school system might be anxious about, you know, the new teacher that they're going yep. to meet, wondering about who's going to be in their class, figuring out, you know, who their friends are going to be, where they might be eating lunch. So it's, you know, it's normal for a lot of kids to feel anxious about these sort of new experiences that they haven't had for a bit. And, you know, as a parent and as somebody who might have kids or a grandparent, you got you got grandkids going back to school tomorrow. We know there's all kinds of different uh, setups and situations out there. I guess step one here, Doc, the first thing you need to do is talk to the kid and find out how they're feeling about it, right? Find out if there is some anxiety. Yes, exactly. You want to ask the children how they're feeling. You don't want to lead them with with uh, the conversation and saying, oh, you must be anxious about going back to school. Check in and ask them how they're feeling. And then once they identify their feelings, you want to be able to sort of validate how, they, how they're feeling. If they say they're feeling a little bit worried, say, 
I understand you're feeling worried. Can you tell me a little bit more about why you might be worried? And when you get that conversation rolling about why they might be worried or feeling anxious, then you can start um, identifying some ways to sort of deal with those with those issues and, and come up with some strategies for how children could manage those feelings of being worried or anxious once they're on their way to school or, at, or they're at school. Yeah, and how do you do that, Doc? Because I'm, I'm sure it's not... It's not one size fits all. I mean, uh, there's going to be different reasons for the anxiety, or is there a sort of general practice or general recommendations you can make that sort of will help a child deal with anxiety no matter what the cause might be? Yes. Well, you know, first of all is the conversation, and then really focusing on sort of um, positive aspects. So if children have you know felt anxious before about going to school, but they did really well. You want to praise them for you know, those sort of brave behaviors that they were engaged in and sort of what worked. And you want to help them sort of revisit times when maybe they were feeling anxious or worried and, and sort of what helped and that they were able to sort of get through that. You want to recognize the feelings, but you don't want to dwell on that that um, sort of anxiety feeling so that they become sort of in this, you know, ruminative circle about uh, just focusing on the anxiety. You want to focus a little bit on the positive as well. And some of those strategies for younger children, you can engage in some role-playing activities. And so having them sort of practice with you about what might happen the day that they're walking into school, you know, what would be some strategies that they could do so that they have these sort of tools in their in their head for when they um, enter these situations, that they have some strategies that they can rely on. And I think one of the big ones, and, and this is the biggest fear, I think, for a lot of parents, and I, I don't know how much it happens. I mean, I know it does. I mean, I had kids go through the system. We encountered it from time to time. That's bullying. And I know you've done a lot of work around that. And I think if you're a kid who's been bullied and that's your experience in school, uh, those are the kids I'm thinking of that just don't want to go back tomorrow. They know that they've had two months of not having to put up with. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The torment and the misery, and it all starts up again tomorrow. What do you do with a kid like that? Yeah, and so those are um, certainly difficult um, reasons for children to not want to be to school at school. And you know, part of that is having caregivers need to approach the school. The schools need to be on board, whether it's the teacher and the principal, and thinking about ways that they can help support those children or youth who might have been experiencing um, bullying in the past. And we know that you know finding a friend and really ensuring that your child or youth have a, a key friend at school that could support them and stand up for them. And we need to, you know, all um, children and youth and adults in the school system need to be able to stand up and support children who might be experiencing bullying. And so it's not just um, for that individual child who's experiencing bullying, but we really need the whole community to be supporting that child so that there are resources available for them 
things can be, you know, that caregivers can um, ask the teacher about sort of strategies for supporting that um, child in the school, you know, helping that child also identify who they can go to uh, if they're experiencing forms of bullying and, you know, helping children, all children and youth in the school and adults sort of recognize bullying behaviors and how we can um, identify and stop those. We need you know, children to stand up and be, you know, typically what some of the people call sort of upstanders rather than bystanders. Excellent point. Are, are, are we getting there? Is that happening? I mean, we've seen so much talk around this topic for so long now. Are things getting better? Are we having a better understanding? And, you know, as a community, having a better recognition of what are role is in, in dealing with this? Uh, I certainly think we're getting better. Um, but nonetheless, I think that it also gets minimized because um, sometimes adults might think that we've, you know, dealt with bullying or that it's just, you know, typical conflict that children and youth might be having. But we know that when it's repetitive, there's sort of a social imbalance in that relationship and that it's not resolved over time, um, that those are bullying behaviors. And we want to really um, help Children and adolescents recognize what the, you know bullying is. I think that there's been a bit of um, a shift in really um, the focus on bullying towards thinking more about kindness. How can we support kind yeah. behaviors in children and adolescents? And that really needs to be sort of that shift in the language rather than um, always talking about sort of bullying behaviors, but really thinking about how we can be kind and supportive of one another. And that is um, sort of one of the key ways that research suggests that we can um, help stop bullying behaviors. One of the things you mentioned earlier, and I want to come back to it, is a lot of the anxiety that some kids might be feeling, and not the bullying stuff, I mean, obviously that's, but some of it you said might be because of the parents and their anxieties and their concerns. How can you limit putting that onto your kid? Because you're not doing it consciously. How can parents yeah. sort of um, insulate their kids from the anxiety that they're feeling as the little ones head back? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I think that Karen, you need to check in on yourself and think about how you're feeling. That's not always so easy, but think about, you know, how are you feeling about your child heading back to school? If you are starting to feel a little bit anxious, you know, you want to reach out. Um, there's a, you know, there's a lot of sort of self-help things that you could find on the internet, but talking to another um, friend or another caregiver, or even, uh, you know, talking with your doctor is sometimes strategies. Sometimes ways of dealing with that anxiety might be reaching out to the teacher or the principal of your school so that you're familiar with sort of that routine of what's going to happen at school. You know, once we sort of know that routine and um, sort of those rituals that might happen at school, it sort of helps lessen some of that anxiety because you know what to expect. Yeah. And so that's a way also of sort of helping children and so that you're not sort of ruminating on what is the unknown, but really focusing on um, ways that you can sort of understand what might be happening or what might be that routine for your child in the school. Yeah, it's the unknown. I think that, I mean, it, things will get better as we go along. The first day is tough and we've all been through it, whether it's the first day of school, first day of a new job, it doesn't matter. The first day causes yeah. some anxiety, but it will get better, right? I mean, that's the message. Um, generally, yes, you know, once you're, you've been there, but, but you don't want to promise children that it will be better. Yeah. You want to, you know, um, help them think about ways that they will be able to manage that anxiety because you don't want to minimize those feelings, but yet you, you don't want to sort of support that encouragement right. of yeah. always feeling um, anxiety. But you want to be kind of realistic in, you know, what might be those experiences for that child. And, you know, when they're coming home from school, just sit down and ask them, you know, how was their day and How'd really focus on things that, you know, maybe went well. And then if you would, if they identify things that maybe didn't go so well, then you can talk through those and think about strategies for next time or for the next day at school. 
Great advice, doctor. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us.